When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For the cheeseheads who want it fresh, and the ones who think Lambeau is a cathedral, this is Pax What She Said. Now, here's Perry Goldstein and Maggie Loney. Welcome back to another episode of the Pax What She Said podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Maggie Loney, joined, as always, by Perry Goldstein. And as we are recording in this <laughs> moment of time, Brian Gutekunst comments from the owners' meeting are coming out. So you may get more live reactions from us as we kind of parse together some of these comments but perry we still don't have an, any aaron Rodgers news regarding a trade but we did get a little little bit of juice from uh goody today yeah i think the gloves are coming off um <laughs> i think we're we're getting into less coach speak and more brutal honesty um which i appreciate but i think from all of us to goot you know what, I'm going to say all of us as Packers and Jets fans, Tagu and Joe Douglas, can you just get this done? We're over it. Figure it out. Just d- get it done before the draft. Thank you. <laughs> well said. <laughs> Thank um, you. But for those of you that have not yet seen the comments, uh, basically what it sounds like, this is a very rough interpretation uh, with general manager speak. Uh, Goody was quoted as saying that he tried to contact Aaron Rodgers many times this offseason quote many times quote many times um and said our inability to reach him or for him to respond in any way i think at that point i had to do my job so basically negating everything that aaron Rodgers went on pat mcafee and said that you know he came out of this darkness retreat wanting to either retire or you know see what happens and found out that he was being actively shopped around the league completely different story from the general manager who basically said I tried to talk to my quarterback repeatedly this off season and he never responded. So what do you believe? I know the truth is always in the middle somewhere. Like there's always a gray area, but it, it sounds like, and correct me if I'm wrong, like from what I'm remembering, I thought Aaron Rodgers had said that there was really no communication before the darkness retreat. So whether that was him ignoring the communication or, you know, Goody reached out like at an inopportune time and Rogers was already like in the darkness, like whatever is happening, you know, it's pretty hard to to think that these wires just like happened to get crossed and they didn't communicate knowing that these lines of communication have been in existence since Goody took over as the GM, you know, like I think if they wanted to talk, the opportunity was there multiple times. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think there's probably something in here about, you know, maybe they had to go through the agent and the agent was like really the one maybe communicating with Rogers. And so that's what he means by I didn't have any direct conversations, but that doesn't negate the fact that the Packers seem to have tried to reach out to discuss this. And I think in the clip that Matt Schneidman, who covers the Packers for the athletic posted, you know, he said, you know, you gave him this contract with the intention of having him play longer than one season on that contract, obviously. Right. right. 
and Goot basically was like, yeah, I mean, like we didn't give this guy an extension to then turn around one year later and, and decide it. And obviously having a disappointing season makes things a little bit difficult, but if you're not going to be communicating with your team, which seems to be Rogers, like entire like MO for being angry, then, you know, you got to, like you said, at some point you just have to do your job. Yeah. And I mean, I think the difficult part in all of this maybe to understand is what prompted this long-term commitment last season, right? The three-year extension, the mega money, why didn't the Packers and Rogers say like, Hey, let's, I know you don't want to do it every season, right? Like it's annoying and it's tedious to be like, Aaron Rodgers signs one year deal for 50 million. But now, you know, I think the marriage has soured quote unquote kind of thing. Like it just doesn't feel right anymore. And now the, the Packers are in some type of hole that they could have prevented had they not offered this three-year extension in the first place. So I understand wanting to do right by him. I understand him thinking last summer, you know, that he was going to retire a Packer. He had made that comment that he definitely would at that point. And then in the span of like 200 something days, it all fell apart. And now the Packers are left like trying to balance the books. Rogers thought he was going to retire. Like, why not? That's why I'm more inclined to believe Gutekunst's like side of things. Right. Because he's like, for me, I'm like money talks. Right. Money talks and the Packers fronted money for this guy. So I think they went into this offseason like fully thinking that he either would retire or would be back. And then all of a sudden we've been left in this position of ambiguity on moving on. And now, you know, obviously there will always be a market for Aaron Rodgers, regardless of what kind of season he comes off of and regardless of how old he is. So if Rodgers wants to play instead of again, money talks being in a hole of a bunch of dead cap, if he retired, they're like, well, at least let's get something back for him then. Um, yeah. I'm just really sick of this. I'm like over it. I just want to get it done. Do you think there's a world where Aaron Rodgers is traded to somewhere that's not the Jets? No, I don't. He came out publicly and said, I want to play for the New York Jets. So I'd that was a possibility. I don't know if if he knew that there were other suitors and that if it fell apart with the Jets that he could go somewhere else. I think he would have gone on McAfee and said, I'm going to play this year. I'm figuring out where. I think the thing that's so interesting, too, is like all of the verbiage and the language around like what the compensation is, which is fair. I mean, he's got a massive contract and obviously the Packers don't want to pay that massive contract if he's not the quarterback of their football team. So figuring out compensation, like for Goody to come out and tell the media like, Hey, a first round pick would be great, but we don't necessarily need that. Mm -hmm. You would think that there would be teams that would say, Oh wait, it's not a first round pick. Like all of a sudden, maybe we thought the price tag was too high and now we want to get in the mix because the price tag is better than we were initially expecting. I, I think it's far too late for that at this point. No, yeah, we're, think, past, we're past that. But it just, to be a fly on the wall. For yeah, all I mean, to me, the, I'm like, okay, if it's not the first round pick, right, then what is it? Right. But both GMs during this owner's meeting week have come out and said, like, we're not in any rush. And I'm just kind of like, Why? You know what I mean? Like if you both 
like, why is there no sense of urgency to get this done, especially with the draft looming so that you know what kind of compensation and what capital you have, then like, I, I, that, that's the piece of this that's missing for me. I'm pulling up a, uh, a Bill Huber article while we kind of parse through this. And it's just, I mean, like the, the explicit, like Aaron Rodgers chooses his language very carefully, as we've seen with the immunized comments. Like he thinks that he is a wordsmith and he's just going to pull ones over. Like he's going to pull one over on you based on like the way that he speaks. So I think it's really interesting to go back now and look at these quotes and see him say things like, I wish that in the beginning of the off season that had been the conversation because I love direct communication. Sounds like, <laughs> and again, like, you know, the gray area There's probably the right answer. The truth is probably somewhere in the middle, but saying that you are a fan of direct communication and then having the GM come out and say, yo, we tried that route and it didn't happen. is just really interesting. Yeah. Okay, so we're still waiting for the trade is the moral of the story. The rest of it is just he said, she said, we'll never know. We will never know the truth. But clearly, I think moral of the story here is this relationship just needed to be done. Like it was just really time, regardless of like ideal scenario wants needs by either party. It clearly just it wasn't working anymore. It's like when you love someone, but love isn't enough to keep a relationship together. You need to have like trust and honesty and communication and care. And you both have to choose each other every single day. And I say this as someone who is not in love, but knows the <laughs> recipe and the formula and this ain't it. So yeah, they both need to go find different partners. It feels like a lot of this like has been souring for a long time, right? Like Packer yeah. fans should understand this isn't anything new. You know, Goody took over in 2018 Aaron Rodgers, we know, adores, loved Ted Thompson, thought he was, like, the best person on the planet, had maybe a tumultuous tumultuous relationship with Mike McCarthy towards the end of things, but really loves Mike as a person. So from 2018 on, obviously, there was a lot of change. You have a new GM. You have a new head coach that, according to rumors, Mark Murphy called him and said, don't be the problem, you know, when he was hired. So I think this has been festering and for as many band-aids as the Packers and Rogers tried to put on it to make it pretty before Rogers retired, like there was just no, no fixing this. So let's talk about something that's not Aaron Rodgers. (laughs) (laughs) I I get the sense. um, Nobody else can see your face, but I get the sense that we just don't want to talk about this anymore, which is more than fair. So let's talk about not knowing the compensation. What, the Packers draft strategy might be whether or not you know you want to assume obviously that they have a, a quarterback in his first season as the starter um, we know what both sides of the ball look like at this point not sure what kind of picks would be involved but where do you see the Packers going in the first couple of rounds because we've talked a lot about the positions that Brian Gutekunst tends to value the most and I think the case can be made that there's going to be some pretty good options available wherever the Packers are picking in that kind of mid-teens range um, are you talking like position? Yeah. Or players if you have crushes. I know you said you didn't have a crush yet. So, um, yeah, I mean, I feel like we've talked about this a little bit already on the show, but I mean, there are a few positions that the Packers always covet in the first round and it's edge corner. They haven't taken a wide receiver in forever there, but it's possible if they love somebody, um, 
I feel like those are the two positions that they take in the first round. <laughs> um, and they really only need, they really only need an edge of those two, you know, blue chip positions. I could see them taking like one of the better offensive linemen, but tight end would be rich. It would just be too rich. And Andy Herman, when we recorded Pack a Day this week, actually made a really good point of saying some of the more recent first round tight end picks, they're still not like top end, you know, world beating change your team players. So if like a Kyle Pitts, which again, it's all about where you get drafted, but or TJ Hawkinson or any of those other like first round tight ends aren't doing what you kind of expected them to do or what you expect your first round pick to do, quite frankly, then it's not ever going to be worth the Packers taking a tight end then. And I just like, I couldn't agree more with that statement. Um, So I think some of the top tight ends would be really fun. And it's obviously like of all the positions, I think the biggest position of need, and it doesn't look like the Packers are really going to be doing anything in free agency (laughs) because they have not made any moves except for re-signing some of their, you know, core special teams players. So I'm going with edge. I actually do have a draft crush, um, which is new. Packers won't, won't take him, but I kind of, I'm like in love with Nolan Smith and he's a very, very, very goody pick. Yes. SEC, um, athletically gifted molded georgia bulldog um he i think one could argue is undersized a little bit but that's fixable right you can bulk up um we would then have the smith brothers again (laughs) in green bay what we really need what we really need no but in all seriousness i think he brings something to the table you would allow him a little bit of um, development room because he wouldn't have to be edge one. And I don't think he is an edge one, but the Packers don't need that. They have Rashawn Gary, presumably they're going to extend him. So there is no need to take someone who needs to fill that Rashawn Gary spot, but you are kind of grooming someone to, I think, fill the Preston Smith role. And I just find him to be a really fun, athletic, freaky mold of clay. And that just feels very Packersy. It does. I think I said that on the Nagler show. I was like, if there's two players that are going to be Packers, it's Nolan Smith or like Christian Gonzalez, the CB out of oh, Oregon. Like, okay, well, don't even talk <laughs> about Christian Gonzalez. I I say I have a draft crush of like realistic Packer player because I think I think 15 is a really nice spot for Nolan Smith. Christian Gonzalez is going to be long gone, but whoo, if, if he slid a little, that boy can play. He can play. <laughs> So one of the things that I think, you know, we obviously know that Brian Goodwins loves to move around the board. He's done it in every draft that he's been the general manager of. And I think that's partially why, you know, everyone's waiting on pins and needles for this compensation with the Rogers trade, because you've got a ton of different options. Like I don't see Goody doing this. I think this is really rich, but like if the Packers were to get pick 13, they could bundle 13 and 15 and move all the way up to pick three. Like that's what the value chart says is there. The Packers could get one of the top five prospects in the draft with those picks. Even if they got like a second rounder, they could bundle their second round picks and move all the way up to pick 18 in the first round. Like they have a ton of options. So if there's a player that is slipping that Goody really likes, 
depending on what picks he gets from the Jets, like there's a lot of versatility in where he can move around the board and target like his guy. And I, I'm with you that Nolan Smith is about one of the most goody guys I think will be available in this draft class. Yeah. I think the second round is going to be the sweet spot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I've seen a lot of like mock trades compensation wise where the Packers get the Jets to second round yeah. picks. Right. And then you're looking at because you have to also look at this in and you said it perfectly right. Goot likes to move around the board. You have to look at this in terms of like not just first round, second round, but like what kind of compensation do the Packers have or capital do the Packers have like in the top 50? Right. Because by all accounts of what I've read, this draft is not like super top heavy. It's very like you can find a lot of really good value a little bit later, later in the first round and in this and in day two. So you're looking at potentially four picks in the top 50. And then all of a sudden things like really open up for them to be able to do something and grab a couple of players that, like I said, would be too rich at 15, like a tight end. But maybe a Michael Mayer goes at the end of the first round or at the beginning of the second round. And then the Packers are able to kind of move up um, or move around and get someone like that. And I think that is, that would be a little bit more savvy and a more Packers way of doing things in my opinion. Yeah. I know, you know, Packers fans obviously want 13 because you want first round picks and, you know, you want to hit on those prospects. And most of the time, the first round picks are the ones that are the most NFL ready, but, there is really something appealing about the Packers, whether they trade them or draft, you know, use all of them. If they went into round two and had 42, 43 and 45, <laughs> I don't necessarily <laughs> think that that's what happens, but there's a lot of, it's like you said that, that like forties, fifties is really the soft spot in a lot of drafts. And I think that there's some really good talent. there. like my favorite safety, Sydney Brown, I think we'll probably end up uh, Sydney Brown. I do love Sydney Brown. Tell us why. Well, I just think that, it's another combination of need meeting a want and it it's not like a reach in the first round. Like Goody could still go get his blue chip player, uh, maybe like a Miles Murphy, somebody, you know, that would add at the edge or like Joey Porter Jr., a CB. Like I, I really, I we've talked this up, right? The Packers are going to draft an edge or a corner and if they don't, we're going to be stunned in the yeah. first round. Um, but yeah, I just, I like his fit. I know that he's got some tackling concerns as far as like whether or not he's necessarily great at tackling. Mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. Um, very aggressive to the, to the ball. And he's, you know, sometimes I think that it, that aggressiveness can be a little bit overzealous where he misses those tackles, but he's got an unofficial elite RAS. It's a 9.63 played wow. five seasons at Illinois, 10 career picks led the big 10 with six interceptions last season. First team, mm-hmm. all big 10 has played nickel, so just a lot of a lot of things to like. And he was also PSF's yeah. highest graded safety in man coverage. Wow. I do love that he is a versatile safety. And that's what I mean by I think last time we talked about the draft, it was like, well, could they take a universal DB, right? right. That high. And I, I think that's kind of like that answer of, well, can he play nickel? Because I think nickel is still a bit of a question mark because they have Backers still only have three corners who are really all boundary corners, right? So you need someone who can play nickel, maybe play more in the box. But I mean, you know, the depth in a lot of these rooms too, you're thinking about like, what does a safety room look like? Yes, the Packers re-signed Rudy Ford, but is Rudy Ford 
somebody that you feel comfortable as one of your starting safeties. The other option, of course, Darnell Savage. Adrian Amos remains a free agent. And if Adrian is back, do you feel comfortable enough, you know, with what that yeah. room looks like? And we don't know what's going to happen with Eric Stokes, who's still rehabbing from his injuries. Sounds like he'll be back for training camp. But yeah, and you have Eric Stokes, Jair Alexander, um, Keyshawn Nixon and Rasul Douglas. And those are your four guys. You know, I mean, you've got like Corey Ballantyne, Shamar John Charles, but I, corner is like the sneaky first round pick, first or second round pick that I think just makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I think it would be really fun if they just like load it up. I think Packers fans would really hate it. But I will say, I think my thing with Sidney Brown is that you can't teach aggressiveness. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you can rein back and teach people how to like channel that energy, but you can't get someone up to that level. So I feel like the, when you were saying like he's over aggressive or maybe a little overzealous in the tackling, like you kind of look at guys with like their upside and if their flaws are fixable. And I feel like that's one that can totally be fixable. I think too, like it, it says a lot about like Joe Barry's defense when he took over in 2021 was the best tackling defense in the entire NFL. And then in 2022, it blew up. Like, we don't know what happened. You know, the wheels came off the train and it just, there's there's not wheels on a train, but (laughs) 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 that's how bad it was. The wheels just came off the train. So if, you know, Joe Barry turns things around in 2023, a lot of these perceived problems at the collegiate level will translate, I think, to the NFL level and be fixed. I will say I have another mini draft crush. Well, again, I'm talking like someone who would be actually a real fit for the Packers because I love, I'm obsessed with JSN as everybody is, I think. (laughs) But I really like Jalen Hyatt. I I think that there's really something to be said for his, like what he would bring to the table. And I think as we were talking about, you know, you're not going to, I just, the Packers are not going to reach for a wide receiver especially not in this draft I don't think there's like a true one there's a lot of guys who so far from what I've seen are really nice role players and that's kind of what the Packers are looking for you know I mean they need they have presumably their one in Christian Watson a two-ish in Romeo Dobbs they need a slot guy they needs they always I'm always going to advocate for them getting someone else who can kind of like stretch the field and speed, 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 right? And Jalen Hyatt comes from a program that just like flew off the handle this past year for the first time in a while. And he has, again, that elite RAS. I think last time I saw it was a nine point like three. Tesswell, athletic freak. And you're not going to be asked to, you're not going to have to ask him to do everything. You're just going to have to ask him to do what he does best because they've already have their guy who's like the true X, yeah, that's that's one of the reasons that I've been looking at guys like Tank Dell because it just feels like if the Packers are going to take a wide receiver early, and that's why we talked about you know vets like Marquise Goodwin last week because we yeah. feel like we have boundary receivers, and yes, the Packers have used guys like Alan Lazard as like a big slot, but that type of player that is mix is missing from this current roster. Samori so Toure yeah. might be able to do it, but I think I think they'll add a slot guy for sure. They need, they need one because they cut Amari Rogers and I don't think Randall Cobb is coming back. So you can't run an NFL offense without a slot guy these days. Just can't do it. So let's talk about that then. Um, the Packers re-signed Justin Hollins 
and Eric Wilson, two largely special teamers, but makes sense from depth pieces, you know, in their respective rooms. Justin Hollins probably comes into the season as outside linebacker three with Rashawn Gary still being injured and Eric Wilson, maybe inside linebacker three as well. If you've got Quay Walker and Devondre Campbell, the only other inside Mm -hmm. linebacker on the roster is Isaiah McDuffie. So, Mm -hmm. you know, like needed positions of depth, even though they largely play special teams. Um, But then the Packers free agents that are still, you know, looming out there. We've got Mason Crosby, Mercedes Lewis, Randall Cobb, Adrian Amos, and Dallin Levitt. So, like, of those five guys, what would you say your thoughts are on, well, one, if you want them back, and two, if you think they're back in Green Bay? So, you said Mercedes Lewis, Randall Cobb, Dallin Levitt. Mason Crosby. Mm-hmm. And Adrian Amos. Well, I think Good already said Mason's back. So yeah. Kind of that feels like a done deal. But of any of the rest of those, only one that I could see them bringing back is Dallin Levitt. Because it seems like they're going all in on their special teams guys. And Dallin Lovett played like majority special team snaps. I think at like a pretty high level too, right? Good, good hard-hitting tackler. We've talked about this already ad nauseum. Mercedes Lewis, Randall Cobb, those are Roger guys. Um, obviously, if either of them feel the need to end their careers with in Green Bay for some reason, whether that's obviously Cobb has, that's his home, that's his spot. Or Lewis, you know, wants to stay with Matt LaFleur. Cool. I just don't see it. I, I just I just don't see it. Um, I think Adrian Amos would be is a coin flip to me, right? Mm-hmm. It, we saw this week that he went and visited with the Ravens. And I just think it's really special and nice when a guy could like maybe his, end his career with his hometown team. Because mm-hmm. um, Amos is a, is a Baltimore guy. So I could see if that's his, you know, if he's choosing between the two. And let's say, you know, he's going vet minimum either way. He's probably going to choose Baltimore. But again, the market and looking at what the Packers needs are and safety being one of them, I I also it just wouldn't shock me either way if they decided to, like, spend a little bit of their draft or their draft of their cap and and get Amos back for the sake of just like rounding out a room that's very, very empty right now. Yeah, because, I mean, Rudy Ford looked good. Darnell Savage got benched at one point during the season. Right. So he <laughs> yeah. might come back um, to his more like 2019, 2020 form, but that remains to be seen. So even if the Packers were to draft a Sidney Brown or somebody very high in the first couple rounds, it's not going to hurt to have some type of vet there. And I think Adrian Amos, despite, you know, maybe the down season that he had in 2022, is still a much more reliable option, knows the defense, signal caller just a better option than a lot of what's out there <laughs> yeah 100 percent, 100 percent. and we've talked a lot about too like that this team is so young you know and like vet leadership and all of that all the things so any final thoughts about anything that's out there this likely you know will be our only episode this week unless we finally get the news that we're looking for and we have a trade to talk about um when things start to get you know, real right now, it's all just speculation. And we try really hard to not do that on the show, even though sometimes you just sometimes you just fall into it, right? Yeah, it's the only news you got to talk about it. Oh, my God, <laughs> I'm so done. Um, I just don't see the Packers doing anything in free agency. Same. I, I think that this is going to be uh, hold on to the cap. Wait till the draft 
see where your needs are post draft and then maybe make some moves. I also think that like this just is in a market filled with like big talent that I would want the Packers to go out and spend money on. Like there's no name currently out there at this point that I'm like, the Packers need that guy. I would love it if that guy was on the team. So, and you know that like they're big on some of the best moves you make are moves you don't make kind of, you know, mentality. So I just really think, and I said this on pack a day. So if you heard me say this already, I apologize, but I just think the Packers really need to nail this draft. Like this of, of all drafts feels like the stakes are a little bit higher. And I don't mean just like for this season, but in terms of like what the next few years are going to look like for this team, um, these young guys, you know, last season is already looking really nice. The rookies contributed more, I think, than we expected. But we're going to need to see a lot of development and for this draft class to hopefully be be a bit of a home run because um, this team is a little bit devoid of, of talent and playmakers at the moment. And the only way to give Jordan Love any kind of support and actually really see what he can do is is to fill all those holes. It's going to be really wild when the Packers trade Aaron Rodgers and then they sign OBJ in free agency, trade for <laughs> um, DeAndre Hopkins, and then also draft Quentin Johnston in the first round. <laughs> I was really not expecting that out of your mouth. <laughs> Could you imagine if they brought in OBJ after Rodgers gets traded? OBJ Hopkins and a first round wide receiver. Because okay, let me just say though, I actually wouldn't hate DeAndre Hopkins. Um, you know, we've oh now we're gonna go on a little tangent here. One of my favorite players, like period, ever. I love that dude. That is a baller. Like there was one season where he didn't have a drop for like what was it like 12 weeks or something like that? He is just an absolute animal and he's obviously a little bit of a shell of his former self. He's getting up there in age, but if you're looking at a team that it really heavily wants to rely on their young guys, but needs a vet to fill a role like that, we talked about that 45 to 50% of snaps kind of role. Hopkins would be your ideal candidate, like ideal (laughs) candidate for that. But that's a that feels like a pipe dream. Okay, really quickly then before we wrap this up, Lamar Jackson obviously today requested a trade wow. or he announced that he had requested a trade on March 2nd from the Ravens. So do you think he it's possible to have resolution with the Ravens and if not, where would you like to see him go and where could you see him going? Ooh, okay. Also a huge fan of Lamar. We love Lamar here in this house where Lamar stands. Um, And by we, I mean me and my cat. Um, I think when a player requests a trade, the chances of reconciliation are really low. Lamar obviously feels some slight, some level of disrespect from what the Ravens have offered him. Um, And... And the same token, Harbaugh is out there saying like how much they love him and they want him back, obviously. I'm sure that's true. But you can't go and give a Deshaun Watson the contract that he did and then not expect a player who has already well proven his worth to not want at least something close to that. Like Lamar has already won an MVP. Like let's be right. real here. He is a unique talent. I do think though that it takes a very specific scheme to maximize Lamar's skills 
and the Ravens do it really well. Um, I've seen a couple of teams like I just would be hard pressed to send Lamar to a team that's not kind of all ready to go. You know, yeah. um, that to me doesn't feel right. I think the Falcons would be really fun. Um, I wouldn't love him. That's what I was thinking. Right. I, I, I wouldn't love him in the NFC. Obviously, I think he'd immediately be the best quarterback in the NFC. Um, but I think it'd be really fun. I would love to actually get like Kyle Pitts, like that pairing would because like you've seen what Mark Andrews and and Lamar have been able to do. Like imagine that with just like a younger, more athletic dude like that would be so fun and i'm not saying this because kyle pitts is in my dynasty league um (laughs) but 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 with that being said i also i don't know there's there's just not a lot of teams right now that need anyone like i don't think it's a good fit with the panthers i don't think it's a good fit with the texans like i said i think it just takes a very like specific organization to handle Lamar and his skill set and build around him. You need a little bit more of like a creative mindset coach. There's so many Packers fans out there that would say they'd love to have Lamar in Green Bay. Again, like I think Matt LaFleur would have a field day with it, but I don't know if that's a fit either. So I'm going to go back to your original question. In that vein, depending on the way the market looks, maybe, yeah, he is back in Baltimore. Yeah, I thought about the Falcons and then the other team that, you know, they would have to do some magic to make it happen, unless, of course, the trade is plausible. Uh, but the Dolphins, I know they just re-upped the for a fifth-year option, but if they like that kind of style of mobile quarterback, you've got Lamar, who I think is an upgrade at this point. I know they both have some health concerns, but Tua would immediately be one of the best backups in the league if he happened to be your QB2. Um, but yeah, that'd be a really fun offense. And oh my god who would you cover there's so much speed um <laughs> what do you think about the report of lamar to new england i think it'd be fun i mean like i like bill belichick like i i think that would be fun i it would make the nfc east a lot more interesting because yeah. you've got the Bills who are kind of running it. The Dolphins looked really good. If the Jets get Aaron Rodgers, like it's like a soap opera in the AFC East right now. And then if you add Lamar to the Patriots, that would just be that <laughs> must watch television every yeah. single week for the AFC East. I think it would be interesting because like the Patriots are no nonsense. Mm-hmm. And I actually think Lamar is also no nonsense. Like despite what this has looked like, like Lamar just feels like a guy who just wants to ball and I think that he would bring a really interesting energy to a team that feels like it's lacking an identity at the moment. Yes, very much. Yeah. Their identity is being the worst team in the AFC East right now. Yeah. And you put Lamar Jackson (laughs) on a team and they kind of immediately already have an identity. Like he is, he's just that dude. So it would be fun to see what Belichick could do with him. I was going to say, he's so different from the Tom Brady, from the Mac Jones, like his mold of play would be yeah. a 180 for for uh, Belichick, and that'd be really interesting. I think they would probably try to do what they wanted to do with Cam Newton, but couldn't. Yeah, that is all the time that we have for today's show. 
this, you know, we always were like, oh, it's going to be a short show. There's not much to talk about around the league. And then we go for almost 40 minutes. But that's what happens on the Packs What She Said podcast. You can follow the show at PWSS Podcast. You can find Perry on Twitter at Perry underscore Goldstein. You can find me on Twitter at Maggie J. Loney. Appreciate you listening and subscribing and downloading the show everywhere you find your favorite podcasts. This will be our one show this week, unless, of course, we get Aaron Rodgers news. We are all waiting on pins and needles. But until that happens, um, only a couple shows left before the draft. So we'll be bringing you a lot more draft content. We're kind of past free agency, past Aaron Rodgers at this point. So from here to the draft. <laughs> it will be draft news <laughs> unless something crazy happens at 1265 Lombardi. So thank you, as always, for listening. And go Pack Go. Go Pack Go.